High FM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Tech Talk right here on High FM, where we always have the freshest, newest, and most interesting tech news that you could ever imagine. But anyway, back to what's happening this week, and it's been quite an interesting week from lots and lots of different angles. Would you believe, or would you have ever thought, that you would see or be almost close to seeing the end of phone calls in the nearish future? And Telcom, the company that we all used to love to hate and yet has somewhat rehabilitated themselves and come back strong with really pretty good performance across the board, generally they're Mobile network works well. Their fixed network works well. You can buy fiber from them. They seem to be quite responsive for a government-owned department. And apart from the odd creak and crack, they generally are doing a pretty good job at supplying telecommunications to people. Well, they released their results this week, and some really fascinating things happened. Unfortunately, 2017 was a terrible year for everyone, them, us, you name it. I don't think it was going to go down in, in the annals of history as a year that we'll all want to remember. And the telecommunications area is no different. Although the mobile networks seem to have held their own, grown a little bit in terms of uh, their subscriber base, but telecom is a little sort of exposed to the more general economy, I would say, because of a simple reason. They only have in the region of four and a half million uh, to, uh, mobile subscribers, and that was a success story. They grew their mobile subscriber base enormously in the last year, and that just shows how well the whole cell phone story is going down. Their new lit packages, which I've spoken about on air, those are the ones that give you free streaming, free movies. You don't pay for data for that. Really well-priced data. And in fact, if you're on uh, Telcom Mobile right now, they've got a little promotion that's hidden in a menu. Star 100 or triple one hash, star triple one hash. Have a look. They've got some data packages, which you can get for 11 Rand for half a gig or 480 meg or whatever. And it's um, just under a gig for 22 Rand, which is definitely the cheapest mobile data on the market. There is a catch, though. Um, you have to sign up for it through the USSD, you know, the star triple one hash star dot star stuff on your mobile phone. Um, it's really not difficult. You just dial that in and follow the prompts and, and sign up for it. The other thing is that it's telecom mobile data only. It's not roaming on any other network. So it's not like they're all network data, which roams if you're off in an area which has really poor telecom mobile coverage, which is not a problem these days in the um, sort of main urban areas and certainly central Johannesburg, Cape Town, Durban, and most smaller cities around the country are well covered. It's when you move out into the fringe areas that they tend to switch across and roam on MTN. But even then, 11 Rand or 22 Rand for almost a gig of data is pretty, pretty impressive. I've been using it. You don't even notice that it's happening. So that's just an aside. But that's part of why I think the telecom mobile offering has grown as quickly as it, ha as it, as it has. And just generally, their service has been pretty good. Their pricing packages are, are very competitive. In some cases, some of the, the best value on the market. And my experience generally is that their mobile data is really good and their voice quality is pretty good almost everywhere. Not quite in the same league as Vodacom and Telcom, but I think more than adequate for, 
for most uses that I've done. But anyway, their telecom results came out and they showed that essentially they were treading water for most of 2017. And the only highlight being mobile and mobile data. And what these results also highlighted, that landlines are significantly failing. Or fading, I should say, not failing. Apart from the fact that sometimes they don't work, they steal the cables. A whole story that we, again, not going to deal with here. But essentially, you are seeing the end of the old copper landline. It's slowly but surely creeping up on us. And every year, they lose more and more and more uh, landlines. And um, they're now down to... In the low two millions, where they were a couple of years ago, 10 years ago, up in the 5 million, million landline range. But that is dropping year by year. What is happening is that at the same time, they are losing more and more ADSL subscribers. So in the last year, they declined by approximately um, 200,000 landline subscribers. And uh, it, it, it's really becoming quite a route and we are definitely seeing the end of the landline people are switching across to fiber at quite a rapid rate we are definitely seeing more and more people pick up fiber not from telecom which is interesting they lost 200,000 landlines and approximately the same uh, in you know on the um, ADSL network and they only picked up about 88 around about 80,000 fiber Users. That's massive growth on the year before, but I think that in most of the urban areas, certainly the third-party fiber you know, suppliers are picking up an enormous amount of those customers who are quietly ditching telecom completely. So that is really not a great thing, and telecom's response in that regard is strong, but it's certainly affecting their turnover. Though mobile data has picked up enormously their LTE and fixed LTE offering I think they added nearly 86,000 or uh, subscribers in that space and they really are growing pretty 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 impressively in that space but we are seeing the end of the landline as I said it's not something you'd even think about something you'd even consider and they dropped another really interesting hint you may all know about 2G 2G was the old GSM system so whenever you had an old feature phone or a dumb phone and it had you know it didn't sometimes it said 2g but mostly you just had connectivity you could make a phone call you could send the odd sms and it had edge or gprs data which was incredibly slow by today's standards an order of magnitude slower than anything else um, telecom hinted that because they're the smallest network because they're the newest network they have the least amount of legacy phones that can only use 2G um, on their network. And they may very well switch that off completely. Now, that's not big news elsewhere in the world. Japan hasn't had 2G for years. Korea hasn't had 2G for years. America essentially switched off the last of their 2G networks. So the old GSM networks that ran on 2G Edge and GPRS, which was a really slow form of, of connectivity, um, has essentially gone away for most of the world and continues to fade really quickly in the developed world. In Africa, on the other hand, it is growing still, which is really interesting. So it's really interesting to see that telecom are looking at switching it off and focusing very hard on their 3G, 4G and upcoming 5G networks, which are fully digital, 
much more cost effective and much more efficient in terms of spectrum. In other words, the radio waves that they use to send these signals can hold a lot more um, connections on 3G, 4G and, and above than uh, 2G ever could. That's just old technology that may not be worth keeping on the network. Well, let's see how that all works and let's see how that all pans out. But I can tell you there are sea changes coming in the mobile space and we're going to see more and more um, going on around that. And I've actually got uh, heard something else that's really interesting and we'll be back with that straight after this break. Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose, 11 to 12 p.m. only on 101.9 IFM. Well, welcome back. And as I was hinting before, a little ad break, um, Cell C have been in the news of late. They were bought by the Blue Label Group a little while ago, and changes have happened in the last week. They've lost three of their top executives, all sorts of changes happening there. And uh, the new orange is the new black. They used to be the black network. Their logos and everything were black, and now they're orange. So if you see all sorts of interesting uh, color changes happening, their stores are changing, everything's going very orange. I don't know if Orange France would have anything to say about that, but the fact is their Celsi has gone orange, amongst other changes. But the big news was a very simple and interesting thing. They announced yesterday that they've signed a roaming agreement with MTN for the areas where they don't have their own signal. Now, we were saying that, or I was saying that, um, Telcom is the smallest network with around about 4.5 million subscribers. Celsi has around about 20 million subscribers. And um, they've got a pretty good network in all the urban areas, certainly a bigger, better network than uh, Telcom Mobile has. And... Overall, they've improved this network considerably, certainly in the urban areas. I must say that their voice quality has improved dramatically. And generally, we've never had, I've never had a problem uh, using Cell C uh, as, a, as a mobile provider. The, the quality has improved, as I said, in the urban areas quite considerably. The challenge they had is that they roamed on uh, Vodacom up to now. So wherever they did not have connectivity, they, you would, if you went out into the the, the Bundus and you wandered away from the Joburg and metro areas, you landed up roaming on, on uh, Vodacom. And it was not also, there were two issues with that. One, it wasn't a seamless transition. So if you were on a phone call on their network and you moved out of their network area and handed over to Telcom, uh, to Vodacom, you, the call dropped and you had to re, you know, recall that number and start again. The second issue was that they only had 2G and 3G roaming. So 2G for voice calls, 3G for voice calls and data. And that limited things quite considerably once you're outside of the urban areas. Now, 3G is acceptable for broadband over your mobile phone, but it cannot compete with LTE. And LTE has now reached 60, 70, 80% of the coverage of all the big networks. Uh, Vodacom are promising 90% before the end of this year. And uh, MTN are doing a great job in that regard too, also pretty much covering wherever there's 3G with a very, very strong um, 4G or LTE signal. So they've signed a deal for both 3G, 4G and 2G coverage with uh, MTN. So wherever CellC signal is lacking or wherever there's a problem with CellC, you're now going to be able to roam directly onto the MTN network. And I must say that voice quality on MTN is 
been a bit iffy of late. I think they're working on that quite strongly. But generally, um, the LTE data has always been outstanding. I mean, numbers, I was in uh, Pretoria today, I was getting around about 50, 60 megs per second download um, on the on the MTN network. So the LTE data product's excellent. And now without doing anything, and that's something Celsius wanted to actually make very, very clear. You won't have to change your SIM card. You won't have to change anything. If you're a Celsius subscriber, over the next month or two, you will simply find that wherever you go, if you've got data roaming on it. Now, a lot of people think that that somehow costs them more money. But if you're a Celsius subscriber or a Telcom Mobile subscriber, it's really important that you go into your settings and turn data roaming on. And what that will do is whenever the, the phone senses that there's a really poor signal on the network that you currently link to, be it the Vodacom, Telcom, doesn't matter which network you're currently using, if you have if that network, such as um, Celsius and Telcom, have with another provider, like MTN or Vodacom, automatically your phone will switch across to that network for the best possible voice and data signal. And the benefit is they have not cancelled their roaming agreement with, with uh, Vodacom. So no question Vodacom is the best network if you go out into the bush, into the rural areas. It has by far the biggest coverage, better than even MTN. Not by much, but certainly in certain areas it is better. But wherever MTN has 4G and wherever MTN has voice, what is going to happen with cell C, it will prefer that network to switch across and it'll be seamless. So if you're on a call and you're busy chatting away and you're connected to a cell C tower and you drive down the highway and you need to switch across to another tower and that tower happens to be an MTN tower, which has got a decent signal, you'll automatically switch to that tower. Your voice will hand over seamlessly. You won't even notice that you're now on MTN you'll continue talking, and exactly the same thing will happen with data. Now, data, you don't notice if you drop data for a second and it reconnects. But voice, you certainly do notice if you drop the call and you have to redial. So expect over the next two months, if you're on Celsius, a far better experience. And uh, I think that's an excellent, excellent idea. It certainly is bringing much better network quality and competition to the market. And certainly from MDN's point of view, they're getting greater utilization in, in their smaller areas where it costs money to build these networks um, and there isn't a massive user base. So it just makes a whole lot of sense. So well done to Celsius. I think that's a really smart move. They're now the one network that roams on every network. So you're going to be able to get a pretty good experience with them going forward. Let's see if all their packages and the new orange website um, match the whole sort of thrust in terms of what they're doing with their connectivity. Now, something else that crossed my desk, which I found super, super interesting, is that the Obamas, you know, you know, the ex-president of America, well, they have signed up uh, to do a whole partnership with Netflix. Now, that's quite an interesting thing. Now, why would you leave the US presidency and then suddenly you've got into movie making? Well, I think they, they actually are doing an amazing thing. Both uh, the Obamas and Netflix announced yesterday that they, they are going to be producing and working on a whole host of different products, different types of things uh, for Netflix. And we won't, they didn't announce what type of content they'll be involved with, but I think we should be able to see some new stuff coming from them in the next 18 months. So very, very interesting. And it just shows you how much 
um, the game has changed. Netflix was something that people thought other people in America used. Now all of a sudden it's become a mainstream streaming service. It's available in most countries around the world, except China, I think. I think that's the one, one country where it's not available, but you can stream Netflix anywhere. And in fact, uh, our friends at DSTV announced last week that they've lost 100,000. That's around about an 80 million rand loss a month of their premium subscribers. And they attribute most of that loss to streaming services like Netflix and others. So all of a sudden, we are starting like 2G, it's it's the show of change. We're changing away from landlines. We're changing away from old 2G networks. And we certainly are changing, moving into a streaming connected world where you don't have a satellite connection. You don't have a standard linear connection to your TV. You watch on demand when you want it, how you want it. And, um, you know, they, they've got the money and the effort to really sign up tons and tons of of interesting people like the Obamas and uh, get them to come on board and make really interesting content that I'm sure all of us will be only too happy to stream. So now we're going to break for a quick ad break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking um, to Chris Hopkins, who's the general go-to-market manager for LG. And LG just launched their flagship phone. It's been a hell of a year for phones. It's been no question one of the best uh, beginnings to a year for some amazing phones. We've had Huawei, we've had Samsung, we had the the big iPhone announcement last year with the iPhone X or 10. And now uh, LG have joined the party with their new G7. And I've got Chris Hopkins joining me um, to discuss why it's a big deal, what LG are doing, and um, how they intend to you know, make their mark on the market. And we'll be back straight after this with that interview. Fire FM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Well, welcome back to Tech Talk Cafe right here on Fire FM. And recently I went to the launch of the new G7 from LG. Now, LG have got a long history of phones. I remember their chocolate phone back in the day and the mirror phone. And I mean, they've done some really funky things over the years. And they've always had a really interesting take on, on, on devices in a world where, we'll talk about it a little later, but where things are a little too same, you know, similar and too a little too generic. And with me is our go-to market manager. Now, I like that. He just doesn't sit around. He just goes straight. Chris Hopkins, he's from LG. Welcome, Chris, and uh, welcome to High FM. Good morning, listeners. Good morning, Stephen. Thank you very much for the opportunity to be here. Um, I'm looking forward to <laughs> discuss grilling questions coming up. Actually, to discuss our, no. our latest flagship device. So, tell us a little bit about it. It's quite a big deal. I mean, the G7. Last year, you released the G6 at World Mobile Congress to much fanfare in the Olympic Village. I was there; it was quite exciting. And this year, you decide to go slightly different route. But the G7 has just launched globally and in South Africa in the last few few days. Yeah, 100%. So um, we really had great success with the likes of the G6 last year in South Africa. If I compare it to the likes of G5, we've seen an increase of in excess of 20% in terms of sales compared to, to G5. And we are really excited about G7 and the prospects, what it can do for us this year. 
So give us a little bit of insight. I mean, obviously it's radio. People can't see. I've got one sitting here. You've also got one in your pocket, I see. And it is a really interesting sort of, I won't say generic, but it's, it's, it's a tall, slim, thin, very cool-looking device. Tell us a little bit about the G7. Tell us something about what it can do and what, you know, what listeners can expect if they go out looking for a device of this sort. So, in terms of the design, uh, that's probably one of the, one of the, sorry. No, carry on, carry on. Tell us all about this cool design here. Um, the most noticeable change in design would definitely be the taller screen that a consumer would notice first. That's a bit of a trend. A lot of the phones today seem to be going this way with a sort of taller and skinnier uh, uh, thing and, and in fact wasn't it LG who pioneered that whole new look? Yeah, we, we actually started that with the likes of the V20 uh, where we had something unique called a second screen um, which means that the consumer had two different screens that would give them yeah, I remember that one on the top and one on the bottom and you had all sorts of interesting stuff yes, going and on. Yes, you had all your shortcuts at the top screen and so forth. So for the G7 Unlike G6, we incorporated the second screen again. And that's the main reason why the, the screen is a bit taller than what it used to be on the G6. But from, from the point of view, as, I can, as you can see right here on this thing, the entire front is a screen. I mean, there's hardly any bezel or any edge around the phone. Yes, 100%. So that, that's more or less the trend these days. Bigger screens, more to see, less to hold. Nothing and, wrong with that. And LG has always proud themselves on the quality of their screens. So that's why we went with that design. We've also incorporated the much bespoke notch design. Oh, yes. Though, funny sure enough, this one I've got, the notch disappears. So yeah, you so can actually set the, it that way. That's the nice thing about the G7. Um, it's fully customizable in terms of the screen. So you can remove the notch if it's not to your liking to a more traditional conventional look. Well, it certainly seems to have become a bit of a trend to have all the latest Android and iOS phones with notches and whatnot. But the notch is quite a clever idea because it gives you a little bit more real estate on the screen itself. And tell us a little bit about the, the screen of the G7. Um, what, what makes it stand out? Apparently, it's super, super, super bright. You can burn your eyes with it if you keep. Yeah, so on the screen of the G7, we've incorporated brand new technology world first from LG called M plus LCD. So that sounds like exciting. Yeah, it can get very technical, but just yeah. just to put it plainly, what we did is instead of your normal red, green, blue pixel structure, we've now added white to it. And that's actually what provides the extra brightness. So there's an two so just to put things in context, with a standard LCD, you've got red, green, blue, RGB, as people yes. call it. And the three together make white. Now, what you've Correct. done is got that plus white yes. to make it even and better. That gives you the additional brightness. I can safely say that this is the brightest display on a mobile handset available today. And the benefit of that, apart from just being shiny? The biggest benefit to it, I mean, we, we live in South Africa. A lot of people use their phone outside in direct sunlight. And that's where the most noticeable benefit would be for the consumer. So you get an option to boost your screen up to a thousand nit 
And if you use that in direct sunlight, you can still clearly see that's on not, your screen. That's exactly a big deal because it often, I mean, you go for a run, you go for a walk, or you're trying to find your way somewhere and the sun's shining and you can't see what's going on. It can be a bit painful. Absolutely. But these are not OLED screens as a matter of interest, just because yes. that's another buzzword that all of us have been hearing recently. This is a, an LG screen, but it's not, the, it's not an OLED screen. No, it's not an OLED screen. It's an LCD screen. But like I've mentioned previously, it's brand new technology from LG where we add the additional white pixels to the mix. It gives you that super, super bright, crisp display for the use of out. Well, I must say, the little, the, since the launch last week, I think it was Thursday, yes. um, I've been playing with the device and I found that you know, the screen is really, really, really high resolution. And if you make it super bright, you can. Honestly, uses as a torch without turning on the torch. <laughs> I've tried that at night a few times. So now, what other features are stand out on the new G7? So the two other key features for me personally, which is a big differentiator from the G6, would be the boombox sound system, as we as we call it. So, in a nutshell, what that basically means is we use all the empty space inside the device as a resonance chamber. To increase the volume output of the speaker, it gives you extra bass. It's really worlds apart from any other mobile handset. And where would people find that useful? Just a matter of interest. <clears throat> Gaming, perhaps? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, this, this phone is very much focused towards the multimedia user as well, if we take in consideration the, uh, the quality of the screen. So... Something like this would really bring your movies to life. Okay, that's quite a cool idea. And like and you mentioned, you, when, you, yeah. when you use it for gaming as well. Another feature we've added now that we're talking about sound is the DTS 7.1 virtual surround sound. Jeez. All in a little phone? All in a little phone. Okay, that's quite, inter- that's quite interesting. Absolutely. So this is also a first for, for LG. Um, And what the user can really benefit from here is once your device is connected via wired headphones or a high-quality Bluetooth headset, the user will be able to experience that virtual 7.1 surround sound sound. in your head, on your head, or around your head, or somewhere there. Absolutely. That's quite cool. So that really brings a new dimension, once again, when you're watching movies or playing games. I must say something. I've been using the V30 for a while, and it's also got the quad deck hi-fi stuff. It hasn't. Yes. I don't think it's got the DTS thing, but the sound quality of that phone is by far the best that I've heard ever, in fact, from any other phone. Now, does the this one has got a very similar sort of setup from the basic audio setup. Am I correct? 100% correct, yeah. So the G7... Also features the quad DAC system. And that's standard. It's not, it that's, used to be an option or some had, some haven't. But this one's got it. completely standard built in. So just to give you a rundown, a conventional smartphone usually uses one processor to process sound. So what we've done is we've added, we've added three extra processors. So there's a total of four. A total of four processors in total. So that drastically reduces any noise 
Oh, I must admit that the little bit that I've used it, again, using a decent pair of wired headphones and using a good source, because that's something that's that a lot of people well. don't, don't wonder. But even over Bluetooth, I found that the sound is much better. Is that part of the whole sort of value proposition? Yes. So in terms of the value proposition for the launch, we've decided to incorporate one of our premium stereo Bluetooth headsets as a freebie. Oh, we're getting to that, but since we're here, let's talk. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so a premium set of Bluetooth, are those the ones that are like a neck brace or yes. they're just the normal? It's the ones that's like a neck brace. 100%. Oh, that's so very cool. I think I've got a pair of the, oh, one of the older models somewhere around. It's very convenient for users because mm. it's totally hands-free. <clears throat> they can use it for, for sport activities and let's say, for example, while you're sitting in the office busy typing on your on your laptop, um, you can stay connected at all times. And what other basic sort of tech features, we'll get back to the sort of retail value proposition and everything in a little while. What other tech features does the G7 offer that are, are pretty cutting edge or in, you know, make it competitive at the high end of the market right now? All right, so let's start off with the heart of this, this device. It fe- features the latest Qualcomm Snapdragon 845 processor. Um, and then we've also added artificial intelligence to our camera system. Okay. So that's, that's another you've, big you've used deal. LG yeah. devices yeah. a lot over the last couple of years, and you know all about our super wide angle camera that LG actually were the first manufacturer to. Oh, to, you're one to, of the first with a dual camera and the big wide angle camera and yes, all that sort of stuff as absolutely. well. Absolutely. So we've kept the the wide angle camera in the G7. Um, we've improved our front camera as well, drastically, even though it just went up from 5 to 8 megapixels. But the image sensor is completely different to the V30. Um, we've also added nice, nice features like portrait mode, which is very popular these days. Everybody loves a good selfie. Absolutely. So On the front camera, you've got portrait mode as we've well. We've got it on the front camera oh, and, and on the, the back. And the back camera as well, yes. So... That offers a lot of customization to photos. Um, the whole bouquet look is now possible with the so G7 as well. Blew out the background, look like a real pro. 100%. Yes. Okay, that's cool. And what other features do the cameras have? Because cameras have become quite a hot topic. I mean, all the sort of flagship devices that have been released by everybody this year have made a big deal about cameras. So what, what other special features that the, the G7 camera has that you know, keeps it in the top of all these fancy new new phones that are out there. So we've got a, a new unique function called Super Bright Camera. So, so Super Bright Screen and Super, super bright, bright Screen, screen Camera. Super okay. Bright Camera, yep. yes. So how this technology works is it binds up to four pixels together and as soon as that happens, more light uh, or, or should or I rather say it's the appearance of more light yeah 100% yes so that is another unique feature for us um, so especially what made for low, low light ah, conditions I was going to say so if you're taking pictures in indoors and it's not exactly the brightest light you'll find that this this camera setup will be much much better at low light photography indoors and sort of when things are not great absolutely and the nice thing about our camera system is that it automatically recognizes when this mode is needed. So there's no need for the consumer to scroll through endless 
menus. You, you don't have to just get it up. It's automatic. 100%. Because that's a big deal. You know, a lot of people say the best camera on the market is the one you have in your hand at the time. Yes. So you need one that really just adapts to any possible sort of situation. Absolutely. And that's where our artificial intelligence... Tell us a little bit about that. Because this is now called the LG G7 Think. Yes. So you're going to tell me it's going to think for me. Yeah, I think... <laughs> excuse the pun. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you a bit later yeah. about the whole Think... Um, you know, integrated system. Um, so let's maybe just talk about the camera, yeah. the AI cam. Um, it features 19 preset built-in sceneries that the camera can automatically recognize once you've switched on the AI cam mode. Okay. So and I see it pops up just right there next to the shutter. You just touch that and then the camera does its own thing. Yes, absolutely. So once you've activated that mode and you point it, at whatever you're trying to shoot, the camera will identify what it is that you're trying to take a photo of and ensure that the best possible picture can okay, be taken. That's pretty cool. So it's really using advanced technologies to make you look like you're really a good photographer yes. rather than all these washed out pictures of things that shouldn't be. Absolutely. Absolutely. I haven't had time to try that, but you know, Again, AI and the whole artificial intelligence thing is becoming more and more part of everyday, you know, everyday devices today. So we're going to see probably more and more of that. And that's part of the whole think thing that we were going to talk about. Tell us a little bit about what that means and what, the, what a, a user of this device would actually get, benefit from having that technology built in. So the Think ecosystem is something that was developed by LG, and this will enable the user via downloading an app to communicate to his appliances. Okay. To turn on your washing machine. Hey. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I can, for example, sit here while we're having this interview, and via the app, I can set my washing machine, and I can set my washing cycle at home, I can set the temperature of my fridge, of my freezer, all through so, the app. So if you, if you buy into the LG ecosystem, you will find that the phone will actually become like the hub of yes. your entire sort of LG connected business. This becomes the manager of the Think system, ultimately. Okay, that is, that is really, really, really cool. Now, tell us a little bit about, now it's actually the time, because I can see you, you can't believe how quickly time flies. We've only got a few minutes left. When will this phone launch? So the phone launches officially on the 1st of June in South Africa in MTN and Telcom. And then later on in the month of June, it will be available in Vodacom. Okay, so pretty much all the operators for now. And then what this you were talking about added value. There's a lot more. You go in and look for a phone, but there's going to be more to it than that. Yes. Like I mentioned earlier, we've got a special launch edition for the G7 Think. So... What we are giving consumers as freebies is, first of all, a 64-gig SD card to complement... So you can expand the memory on this one, yes, unlike some phones where you can't, this one you can expand. Yes. And you give us an extra And 64. I give it to you for free as well. Okay, done. Yes. So the 64-gig SD card complements the 64-gig built-in memory of the phone. So that will give you a total of 128-gig, which is more than sufficient for the average user. Doesn't matter Even if you're taking high-quality selfies day in and day out. Absolutely. <laughs> Even if you download high-quality music. Ah, as well. that's what it's more important for. Yes, absolutely. 
Um, and then we've also added a wireless charger. Okay, because so this device, I mean, there's there's no technology that this G7 does not have. It's wireless charging, lots of memory, bright screen, high quality audio. It's got everything that a current flagship should have. And you're throwing in a free charger. Yeah, it's a very, very well-rounded package. But it doesn't stop there. Okay. It sounds like one of those uh, adverts or DV. <laughs> one more thing. There's more. <laughs> um, the other thing, to complement the exceptional sound quality of this device, we've decided to throw in a premium Bluetooth wireless headset, as I mentioned before, mm-hmm. into the mix as well. So all of that's no charge. And what will the phone sort of retail for? Can you give some indication? Yeah. Uh, in postpaid, we are looking at 649 per month uh, on contract, and then prepaid pricing starts at 1399. So it's very competitive. I mean, it's not it's not uh, cheap, but it's for a flagship with all the stuff we've talked about. It's very competitive indeed. Very competitive indeed. If, if you consider the full package that you get, that's really interesting. But then you guys mentioned that you know, as as much as you are comfortable with your improvement in sales over the last few years. LG has not been one of the biggest players in this space for a long time. Um, What are you guys doing to sort of enhance and bring this product to market along with a couple of other new products that are coming? What are you, what, what is LG up to to try to get this out there and make sure people know where to buy it and what's available? So for the G7 thing specifically, we've partnered with various network operators Um, Through that, we will get TV ads, we will have radio, um, we will have write-ups in magazines, um, we will have in-mall branding in the top 15 malls in South Africa. Okay, so in the fountain courts and things like that. It's a very important thing for us because... Visibility gets people to see and touch and feel. Yes, absolutely. Uh, In terms of other devices that we are launching um, in the near future... Uh, we've got a new entry-level device called the K9, uh, which will retail in postpaid for roughly 129 rand per month, um, just a tad over 2,000 rand. That's very uh, competitive. Postpaid. Um, oh, apologies, I mean prepaid. pre-paid yeah. uh, and then we've also got uh, a new K11, which will replace our current K10 model, which is really a volume driver for us. Um, it's got very, very good features for the for the price point that we're looking at. So I'm really excited to see what that device will do for us. Brilliant. So, in other words, we're going to see a lot more of LG over the next couple of months. Yes, absolutely. You're going to try to be everywhere all the time. Yes. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to seeing some of the other new products. Though I must say, my own, I'll review this on air in the next couple of weeks. But pretty impressed. It seems to be a really top-end device. And again, best sounding device on the market. So if sounds your thing, like it's mine, uh, download Tidal, mentioned that before. <laughs> stick, it, stick it on this phone and you'll be blown away with the sound quality. Well, thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to more and more news from LG. Thank you very much, Stephen. Appreciate it. Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose, 11 to 12 p.m., only on 101.9 IFM. Hi there. Well, that was really an interesting chat with LG, and uh, they're certainly going to do a lot of interesting things in the next little while, and competition is good. There's no question that we've pretty much hit a bit of a cell phone duopoly out there. We're talking about the big A, the big Apple, with its iOS operating system, 
certainly being the most profitable and pretty much one of the biggest mobile phone companies in the world. You've got Samsung who are marketing, you know, completely off the charts there, their new S9 Plus. In fact, that is my favorite uh, gadget of the week, my favorite section of the show. That is my gadget of the week this week, and we're talking about the S9 Plus. I've had it on review for a couple of weeks now. And um, it's just interesting to see how all these top-end flagship phones have really become so much more than just a device. I mean, the cameras on all the new top-end flagships from the Huawei P20 Pro, the S9 Plus, the iPhone X, now the, you know, the camera on the new G7 and the new Sony XA2 are, are outstanding in many cases. I would say that unless you're an incredibly fussy professional photographer and you really need high-speed, low-light, ultra-high-resolution pictures, you can pretty much do absolutely anything you want on your smartphone. The low-light performance of the cameras has surpassed anything I ever thought was possible. The, the, the AI-enabled, because this is the new buzzword across all uh, of the 2018 flagship cameras, AI-assisted camera modes have really changed the way that a casual pick is taken. I mean, you lift the phone up, you point it at a tree, the camera recognizes that it's a tree, adjusts the picture to give you the best possible tree you could ever take a picture of, and off you go. The same for food, the same for scenery, nighttime, you name it. It automatically fixes the various f-stops and all the technical stuff that most people don't even think about. Um, on their, their phones and on their cameras. And certainly only a few pros truly understand and know how to optimize or, or play with those settings to get desired effects and the best sort of performance. But there is no question that you and I, the consumer, are absolutely spoiled for choice. And at the high end, um, there's no question. These are all high-priced phones starting at 13,000 Rand going up to 26,000 Rand for the ludicrously uh, priced, you know, Porsche design from, from Huawei. But the fact is that these devices are unbelievable pieces of technology. Apart from the fact that you can use them as computers, they've got massively powerful processors. They've all got incredible ability through the apps and all the various functions that the phones embody to pretty much run every part of your life. I mean, people are not buying tablets because they can read on these. They've got such big screens in tiny little bodies. Um, people are not are finding that laptops are becoming a little bit obsolete because you can do all your banking. You can edit your um, PowerPoint presentations. You can present from your phone. You don't even need to take um, a laptop in. You just plug your phone into a little adapter or, or use you know, Wi-Fi or somehow connect to some of the new um, not somehow, I do know how, but you connect to the latest projectors, you don't even need cables, and you can present and use your phone as a as a presentation device. Swipe on it, tap on it, do whatever you want, and off you go. So the mobile phone is becoming more and more of a hub to everything that we do. And it's really, really interesting to see the different levels and the different quality. Now, you've heard about the G7. Um, last week, I think, or two weeks ago, I reviewed the P20 Pro from Huawei on, on, on air. And for the last two weeks, I've been using, which I maintain is definitely the best quality Android phone. In fact, I'll go out on a limb and say the best quality 
mobile device on the market and certainly the Samsung P9 series, the smaller one, which is a 6.5 inch, I think, six, around about 6.5, 6.4 inch, to the S9, sorry, the S9 is a 5.6 inch, 5.8 inch. I'm getting completely muddled with all these numbers. They completely drive me mad. But anyway, it's a 5.8 inch screen, you know, with no bezels. It's got the what they call the infinity edge screen, which wraps around and the design and the fit and the finish. The new design was introduced with the S8 series. The current design um, with the S9 series certainly continues. It looks identical to the S8. If you put two, an S8 and S9 next to each other on the desk, you'd probably not notice the difference, except the S9 is slightly better finished. Um, the whole S9 series is waterproof. It has the same wonderful um, you know, infinity screen. But what Samsung have done is they've improved the quality of the screen, even over the S8. And the S8 was pretty much outstanding. And the new OLED screen on the S9 and the S9 Plus are without question the highest resolution, highest quality screens you will see on a mobile device pretty much anywhere. There's no other screen that has the same sort of color accuracy, sharpness, and just sheer quality out there. Um, the iPhone uh, 10 has a very similar quality screen because guess who makes that screen for iPhone? Samsung. They're the only supplier of the screen for the, um, the iPhone 10. But apart from that, in general, the build quality, the fit and finish, the waterproofing, the ergonomics, the weight, the, the, the heft, and the sheer solidness of the phone sets it apart. The the, the iPhone 10 and the S9 series are without question the pinnacle of iPhone construction and design. And the simple fact is that all these phones are very expensive. They started around about 18,000 Rand and go up to 24,000 Rand depending on memory configurations. The one benefit of Android is its extensibility. I prefer personally the solidity and the ease of use and the simplicity with power of iOS, which is only available on Apple phones. But the latest version of Android, Android 8, and now Android 9 is imminent, and Samsung have promised it will be out on their phones in the next couple of months, um, is a huge improvement. I'm still not the biggest fan of the um, Samsung interface. It is a little messy tends to ask you too many questions. It just doesn't make your life simple in all respects. They've cleaned it up a lot. Pure Android is still my favorite in terms of Android, but certainly the interface on the uh, the new Samsung S9 is one of the best. It's very easy to use. It sets itself up mostly. You've still got multiple app stores. You've still got multiple mail programs. It does get a little confusing, but once your phone is set up and you set out into the wild, wide world, it is, without question, a premium experience from a premium build to a premium operating system to every little bit or inch of that phone being at the top of the technology game. The one we get in South Africa uses what they call the Exynos processor. It doesn't have the Snapdragon 845, which is the leading one that's in the G7 and many other, the XA2, the Sony. So, but it is equivalent in performance. This phone never lags. It never slows down. It's incredibly quick. You can switch, have as many apps as you want open. You can switch between them. You can do anything you like. It is outstanding. It also has another outstanding feature, and that is the camera. They made a huge thing about this new dual aperture camera 
um, or dual, and on the S9 Plus, it's a dual lens camera. So it looks very similar uh, to the S9, to the S8 Plus, except they've cleaned up the back. The fingerprint sensor is in a much better place. It's now in the center below the cameras, whereas before it was on the on the sort of right or the left, depending which way you you held it. Um, next to the camera, so I kept putting my finger on the camera instead of the fingerprint sensor, which was a bit thick. But anyway, they fixed that. Um, but the cameras themselves are an incredible step forward. The new camera has what they call a dual sensor mode. In other words, what happens, like your eye, you know, you notice in very bright light, your eye shrinks down to cut the amount of light, stop overexposure, stop too much light getting in and washing out the picture. But at night, when there is very low light, your eye opens up, it, it expands and gets bigger and bigger and, and lets in as much light as possible so that your eyes, your senses, can pick up on what's going on and get the best image. Well, they've mimicked that in the new S9 and S9 Plus. And it, simply put, it sounds all fancy, it sounds all technical, but it works. There's just no question it works exactly as advertised. This camera is outstanding in low light. Is it as good as the P20 Pro? I don't think ultimately it's as good, but it's very, very, very close. And I see we're quickly coming up for a uh, ad break. I'll be back with my wrap-up of the S9, um, the Samsung Galaxy S9, straight after this. FM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Well, welcome back, and let me wrap up the S9 Samsung Galaxy S9 Plus mobile device. I'm not going to call it a phone anymore that I've been playing with. Essentially, as I said, this is without question one of the best built, best produced, highest you know specced devices on the market. The camera is outstanding in bright light, in low light. Its sharpness, ease of use, pick it up, take a quick picture. The pictures are outstanding in general. Um, I think the Huawei P20 Pro has possibly a slight edge in terms of its AI abilities, in terms of its low-light abilities, and the triple lens telephoto system works exceptionally well. And they work with Leica, and I think they've done an exceptional job. But where the S9... Um, sort of stands out in terms of its camera is its sheer ease of use. It's unbelievably easy to use. It has a slow motion mode that is really quick and easy. The interface is slick. The build quality is outstanding. And just generally for 99.9% .9 of people, this without question will be one of the easiest and highest quality camera phones to use on the market right now. It also um, has a build quality, as I said, that is top of the range. And what is even better is that with all the new competition coming out, the price has dropped since launch, which was in early March. Not that long, but the price has dropped. You can pick them up at really good value uh, across the various networks. Um, so shop around before you purchase one of these. But if you're looking for one of the largest screen, smallest bodies, uh, phones with the best uh, screen that you've ever seen, and a camera that is certainly one of the very best out there, and you do not want to go the Apple iPhone X route, then the Galaxy um, S8, or S9, not the S8. You see, you get a little confused because they look so similar. But the S9 is no doubt the best device that Samsung have ever made, and certainly one that will serve you well for the next two years. 
If you're an S8 owner, is it worth upgrading to an S9? I would say not. The differences are not huge. The S8 has been upgraded to the latest version of Android and works the same way, has pretty much the same functions. Doesn't do AR emoji, something I didn't mention, but uh, you know, you can animate your emojis and come up with some all interesting things with that, which you can do on the S9. It doesn't have the AI or sort of smart functionality but of the 9, but essentially, if you have an 8, if you have a 7, a jump to a 9 is a huge jump and well worth it. If you've got an 8, the jump to a 9 may not be worth it, depending on your contract and whether you can get one for yourself and pass that one down to a friend, family member, or spouse. So really and truly, it's so interesting now that all the new flagships are out there um, to see how the first one was the second one. In fact, iPhone 10 was the first one. And the iPhone X's low light uh, ability has definitely been highlighted as not up to the top, top phones currently. But the S9 certainly is well worth a recommendation. It is a device that will not uh, in any way disappoint. It is highly priced. It is a large phone. And it is a notch above the standard S9. The S9 Plus is the same as the P20 Pro. Um, is so much better than the standard P20. Obviously, there's a price differential, but you must want a big phone and you must be comfortable with the size and the heft of the of the big, big six inch plus screens. So on that note, um, I, I must sum up and say that definitely one of the better phones on the market. I will be reviewing the latest flagship, the G7, which we spoke about earlier. Um, and come back to you on my thoughts on that. But my initial impression is that it's super competitive, certainly has an outstanding camera, but it, it does compete a little bit more with the S9 rather than the S9 Plus and the P20 Pro, even though the screen in a very tiny body is in the six-inch six inch space, and the pricing is extremely competitive. So again, you and I are spoiled for choice in the high-end of phones. The best part is that all of this drives these cutting-edge technologies might be fresh and only available in the top-end phones right now. But in a year, or at worst two years' time, all of these technologies will be standard in, in far less expensive phones, somewhere between five and 10,000 Rand phones, um, which makes them a lot, lot, lot more affordable. I mean, now you've got to spend anywhere between six and a thousand, 600 and 1,000 Rand on a contract for these phones, which is not insignificant money, but that's going to drop down to 300 Rand, between two and 300 Rand for the same sort of technology. And even now, if you go out and have a look and see what's on the market, you can get incredible phones from Nokia, from Huawei, from Samsung, and all the guys that are definitely um, outstanding in their own right, not cutting edge, but certainly having all the technologies you could possibly want and possibly look for. So that's enough. It's been a very mobile-focused show. And I have one little last thing that I want to share with you guys. And it's come across my desk. I'm going to get one very soon and play with it. Targus. Now, Targus are an accessory company. You can see their product pretty much everywhere that you want, sort of laptop and PC accessories and cables and docking stations and you name it. They've got little goodies. But they brought out something that has become super topical of late. You know, all the security online and all these sort of things have become quite a big deal. So what they've launched is something which they call the SpyGuard webcam. It's a little misleading. It's not a webcam. It's not a camera for the web. It is a camera 
cover for the web. So what it is, on your laptop, you've got a camera. I've seen people use sticky tape, paper, plasters, you name it. To